Hello, my name is Adam Garant, and welcome to this week's episode of the Susan and Mo Team Presents Adam Garant's Fun with Real Estate at Home Podcast. We are officially into a new school year, and with the ever-changing landscape of this pandemic, it has caused a lot of stress on not only parents, but also the students themselves. This week's special guest is a student psychologist whom has worked in the Ottawa School Boards and the Kingston School Boards, and has his own private practice. He is also my second favorite person from North Carolina. Please welcome Everett E.L. Adams II. Everett, thank you so much for being here. There um, we go. My first favorite person is the man behind me, Michael Jordan, but you, you're you a close, close second to uh, to him. So. That's tough competition, man. I, I can I can wrestle with that. Yeah, yeah it's all right. I'll, I'll give you a pass for this one. So we are a couple weeks, I guess, into the school year. Obviously, a few of them have changed. You know, Catholic started a little bit earlier. French started a little bit earlier. In the first few weeks, what are you hearing that the main issues the students are having that they're concerned? On all levels, I think one of the biggest piece uh, pieces that we could think about or what they've expressed to me just in some of my sessions and being in the school board is the social uh, aspect of it. My younger kids, you know, they, they hate wearing the masks and um, being on the yard, uh, recess yard, they have these pods or these, these separated type of zones that they can be in. So your activity is limited. And um, I think uh, for the older kids, uh, socialization is different as well because you don't have that free time in the, the high schools that you would have as a class change or um, for uh, for the nutrition breaks or the, the recess and the lunch. So they don't, they're missing that piece. And they're also uh, having to deal with a different curriculum. Just a few of my clients have mentioned that they're going like a speed rush through a lot of these uh, topics or subjects. And they're having so many tests and exams back after back after back and they're used to a more relaxed type of learning style it's kind of similar to a uh, summer school type of uh, format where you have to really condense a lot of information in a small amount of time so that's some of the worries and some of the 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 the, the concerns that have, i've heard from some of my um clients which are obviously big concerns i mean that the whole social aspect of of school like i know if you talk to any of my teachers from when I was in school, I don't think I sat still long enough to learn anything as it was because I always wanted to talk to my friends. And now you can't do that. So obviously, that is something that that people have to adjust to. And you do see it even when they're not at school, like a lot of kids are still not playing with each other because they can't, right? So yeah, yeah, I think we look at school as as basically all academic. But there is that social component as far as just communication, as far as even learning uh, problem solving skills and learning how to, to conflict resolution. So socialization is a huge part of school. However, given that this format um, that we have to work with for the pandemic, it does limit it a bit, but it does allow some of the kids who haven't seen um, their friends since it first started, like back in March, yeah. it is giving them some type of outlet. And uh, another point was the, the learning style. Like a lot of people, this is a different learning style. Sometimes you're going strictly online. Some people learn better when they have the teacher in front of them. Uh, so it's, it's different on all levels, not to mention the, the teachers have to adjust to a different level of teaching and their approach. So it's, it's different for everybody involved. Agreed. Agreed. So what advice then are you giving to both the students and the parents on how to deal with this change? Two things that I've tried to have them understand would be um, transitions and expectations. I'm really big on that anyway in my day-to-day -day, uh, life and with my counseling with uh, the, the clients who are old enough to really grasp that concept. But um, the, 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 the expectations we have of the school board used to be traditional. You know, we go from eight to four, parents drop their kids off or they know the kids hit the bus and then they come back. 
And now this is a really different type of uh, format. And that format that we had previously uh, provided a lot of stability, right? Uh, you could bet that from Monday, Monday to Friday, your kids are going to be there and they'll be able to go to this school. So um, I'm having them really think about the expectations of being a bit flexible and, learn, and learning as they go. Uh, not having to be so perfect and pinpoint as this is new to everybody, like decisions are being made daily. Some school boards, or I think the OCDSB may, may have just started today, I'm, I'm, I'm wondering. But I know some people have, are delayed in their, their startup just because they're really trying to figure this out. And also with transitions, to understand that as we're going through this, as like, like I just mentioned, the transition of what the school used to be like or what typical student used to be like is going to be totally different. And with any type of change, with any type of, I guess, evolving structure, you have to give yourself time to adapt to it. So just giving those information, that, that information and, and hoping that they can rest somewhat easy with that. Yeah, I mean, you hit the nail on the head, right? Like transitions are, are huge. And actually speaking of transitions, we're going to move into to this next question here, which I think is, is a big one is, you know, if we have a second wave, when, when we shut down back in March, it was mm -hmm. chaos. I mean, no right. one really knew what to do. It's, you can't even, I don't even know if there was precedent for what it was like to have all the schools in an entire country, let alone just like a city or a province completely shut down. Mm -hmm. So if we move into a second wave that requires us to shut down again, how can the students prepare for, for that? I mean, they've gone through it already, but what, what can they do to prepare for a potential shutdown again. Well, uh, I guess that's kind of when you come to the, into the, that, that saying of prepare for the worst and hope for the best. Yeah. Uh, I think as we transition into this, people do have the benefit of what we did previously when we had to shut down. And that was really immediate. And who knows how immediate this is going to be if it does happen. I think looking back on what we made attempts uh, to, to try to produce the best type of school and learning environment for the kids in, in such a drop of a dime. I think you look back on that type, that, that transition that we had to make and say, what was good about that? What was good? What was helpful? And then you look at the things that weren't so helpful. And just like with any type of historical reference, you try to move forward or bring forward what was helpful and you try to leave things back and change what was not helpful. So I think for people to begin to say, well, we do have the strength of knowing what it was like. We have some type of uh, current situation to reference and then say, okay, during this piece, what would I change? If I had to recreate this whole situation again, like a little bit of imagery, if I had to recreate this whole situation again, what might I try that was to, to do better or do differently that wasn't so successful last time? Which again, makes plenty of sense. And, and if that, that does happen, and I know that a lot of, parents kind of struggled with trying to be able to teach their kids the school curriculum while also trying to work. Any tips or advice on, on what they can do to help mitigate that if, if we do go into a shutdown again? Mm -hmm. Well, I think, Adam, with these type of situations, uh, there's, there's no perfect answer. There's no, like, if you do X plus B plus D, then you'll get the, the perfect outcome. I think the formula is going to be different from household to household. Yeah. So uh, for certain parents who you know, there's some stay-at-home parents. There are some parents who are working. Uh, I would say your, your well-being needs to be like the, the, the forefront and, and realize that if I have to work and then I have to balance this with education, let's see what we can do to be both uh, productive and to be efficient and to be effective. But also keep in mind that, I mean, I, want, I think there's so many layers to that where there's so many household makeups where there's you know, some people may have four kids and they have all different grades. And then you have one parent who has to be in meetings all day. And then the other parent has to manage what they're doing. And you want to make sure that you keep the house afloat. 
I think that you don't want to overwhelm yourself with yeah. trying to be everybody at every time because that's just going to overwhelm you and that's just going to have a, a shutdown. And that's why I think a lot of people's when we look at our mental health back then, people were trying to be so many things and you know, you can only be one or two. We're, 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 we're the best when we're not multitasking, you know, we're, we're really, it's, it's, it's necessary that we do, but if they can really think about what's important, maybe you prioritize daily what has happened. So maybe if I can't keep up with the school recommendations and I don't want, I don't want this to conflict with the idea that uh, education is important and we need to continue some type of consistency. But at the same time, if I can't teach in this manner, are there other lessons and other ways that I can teach? Like the, the simple one is saying, well, with math, if I can't do it on the math worksheet, can we do it some way in baking and cooking? Can we do it some way in measurements of the renos, the renos that we're doing downstairs? Like, are there other ways that you can incorporate some teachings and some daily um, aspects of learning to your practical uh, activities. Real life learning is a huge impact, right? I mean, yeah, you can sit there and learn a bunch of things in school, but a lot of that stuff needs to be applied in a different way sometimes, no matter how old you are, what learn, even if you're in a normal school year learning all the time at home, real life learning is, is huge too. So let's move on here a little bit from, from the elementary and high school side of things, because obviously they're getting the majority of the attention. They're the younger age groups. They're a little less uh, well, especially elementary school, they're not self-sufficient in that sense. Like their parents are there. They have to make sure they go to school, right. drop them off, whatever. Mm -hmm. How are university and college students impacted this year? Because from what I understand, the majority of them are completely online based. Some I think are at least at residence or at least in schools, but I think that those are more post-grad if I'm not mistaken. So what is the impact for university and college students for this at-home uh, online-based learning? Well, I think it's the, the social aspect again kind of uh, comes to the forefront for me. Uh, this is the, again, people are transitioning. So you're leaving the high school years and now you're going to more of an independent person. So this is where I get to really depend on myself, to wake myself up, to, to go to classes. And it's kind of like, a, again, it's a transition, but it's a coming of age. And it's really developing those skills to help you as an adult, those executive functioning skills, those, uh, those uh, self-esteem type of characteristics where I can depend on myself or I can make sure I make the proper decisions. Um, I think a lot of people were looking forward to going and being in the dorms and being a bit loose and not having to worry about mom and dad telling me when to be home. But as long as I'm home in time for me to wake up for class tomorrow and, you know, complete all my exams and all my academic expectations, then I'm good. And this is fun. And this is meeting new people. This is being able to broaden your horizons. And I think now for those people who have elected to, to, to stay at home, you know, why go to campus if I don't have to be there or if I'm really worried about the virus? Uh, now I'm kind of stuck at home where it's like, hmm, I'm in this zone of wanting my independence, but I'm also stuck at home and I'm not getting the full effect of what I imagine. Again, expectations, what I expected my college or university life to be like. So I think it's them having to come to terms with that for the time being and looking at education in a different way. Yeah, I mean, I know when I was going away to school, my, my first year going away, it was super exciting because, yeah, it's the independence from my parents. If I wanted to stay up till 3 o'clock in the morning and get up at 5 a.m. to go to class or whatever it was, I could do it. But there's a lot of, a lot of that impact of, of not having that social ability anymore to do that. Right, right. It, it, and it, it is also an academic component, too, because some people, again, when it's the same as, Learning online versus in person. Online gives you, I guess, maybe a little bit more flexibility. 
it's giving you the, I, the, the, the comfort of maybe staying at home. But some people, they, they do struggle to learn, you know, when they're not in class. Like, I need to be in class to have the professor really uh, express or hear how they express it. I need to remember the cues that they gave or how they delivered this type of uh, lesson. And not to mention, Adam, uh, I didn't mention, but uh, there are some people who are okay with the structure, who are saying, you know what, this is better for me. Like, I do like this type of isolate, more isolated interaction, this more isolated type of learning, this more idea where I can be at home and do everything from one place. So there's many levels of reception to how um, people are uh, struggling or even adapting to um, this new type of, of education. For, for sure. I mean, that's, that's the biggest thing. Now, I'm going to try and make you blush right here. Let's see if I can do it. I don't know if I will, but I will try. <laughs> you are a former student athlete who won three national championships in basketball uh, for St. FX, which is a huge accomplishment. But you yep, yep. Are, are one that is a unique scenario because not only are you a former student athlete, you came from the United States of America up to Canada. Mm -hmm. How are those international and local student athletes being impacted by this pandemic? Because obviously a lot of these sports have said, yeah, you know what, we're not having anything until at least the new year. So what is the impact on, on training, on um, the, the learning of the aspects of everything and just a new, like especially those who are coming from, you know, out of country or even out of province, what, what impact are we seeing from there? If, or from at least from your standpoint, what would be missing? Well, I think if you start with the out of country, some people are making that decision to say, well, do I even want to go this year if it's not going to be, like, you know, because there's an international fee yeah. that's really, really hefty and say, well, if I'm going to pay all this money, for somewhat a limited experience, then I might want to hold this off. So I think that's one thing that's kind of come up that I've heard while talking to people. And, and with uh, when it comes to uh, training, uh, don't get me wrong, I, I love the practice. I think basketball was the nugget to keep me involved in school. I always appreciated learning. I don't, I can't say that without basketball, I would have been as invested or as engaged because that was you needed. You know, when I grew up, you had to have a 2.0 at least to play on the basketball team in high school. And, you know, mom, mom and dad had different expectations of me. So I had to meet those academic requirements to play basketball. So that was a big enough nugget for me to stay engaged. But practice was the best part of my day. I love to compete. I love to learn. I think I'm more of a kinesthetic learner. So to see my coach, Coach K or Coach White back in high school, to see them do and show me the necessary ways and the correct ways of, of, of uh, performing, that was helpful for me. But in the same time, I was always practicing for the end goal of a game. So I think when you don't have that game waiting for you, you can become a bit uh, distracted and you can become a bit um, lethargic because you're saying, well, I'm practicing and I'm training and I want to get better, but for what? So I think it's really important for those younger student athletes to, to think about, you know, there's the end goal. You know, we, we, we did miss, miss basketball, baseball, hockey, all those major four sports for a bit and then all of a sudden they started to re, re they, they restarted so i think for them to really stay focused and you know kind of it's like a soldier a soldier's not always at war uh, well often often they're not always at war but they're always training they're always ready so when the moment comes they're ready to get down and do what they have to do and it's also talking about i think a lot of imagery would help too because i'm in a i play basketball so it's really good for me to train but once i don't have my other four teammates or even the other nine people on the court with me to give me my spatial relationships, to give me uh, my, 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 my cues and to help me read off other people, 
that can be difficult. So you have to go into some imagery. You have to go into a lot of maybe tape. There's a lot of tape review that they could do to, to help and see how they can learn when not being able to practice with their, their, their team and their squad. And plus, they're probably going to miss the camaraderie of, of what it's like to be with the same group of guys for, you know, six hours a day and to learn about other people. So there's so many levels that they can stay in touch. You know, maybe they want to Zoom a little bit more. Maybe they want to, you know, WhatsApp a little bit more. But I think on all the things that you're, you're missing in basketball or with any sport, I should say, it's really important that you duplicate that to the best of your ability so that you can stay in step. So when we do return, you haven't lost that step. Well, exactly. And I mean, it's not just, it's not just university and college athletes that are impacted. Those ones in high school who were, you know, potentially destined to be getting scholarships are now seeing yeah. what happened in grade 12, right? I know I'm not playing this year or I might not be. And we're seeing a lot of that, at least I know in the, the Canadian football league with, uh, um, you know, guys who are in their, their last year of football who were supposed yeah. to be drafted this upcoming year are now opting to, to find another way of getting into there and not going back to school to, to try and get drafted next year. So there, there's impacts that people don't think about. And I mean, I think sports is one of the biggest ones, you know, obviously I, I'm a big basketball fan as well. It's something yeah. that we, we join on and, yeah, and yeah. it's, it, 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 it is something that's, that's lacking even for, you know, I coach 12 and 13 year olds and I see the impact of what's going to happen for them that some of them, you know, developed a love for the game and now won't have it uh, this coming season, most likely until at least January and who even knows at that point. Right. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really impacted the outlets that sports has provided for a lot of people. It's just, I think having to readjust those, those goals of I was going to get drafted this year, which is a big, it's a major step for people. I was going to go, you know, maybe sign at this school this year. I was looking forward to, you know, putting my skills on display to hop to hopefully, you know, get a scholarship or whatever. But I think the long term is that people can, can hold tight and really stay focused and, and, and really find that motivation that was very, very difficult to know that hopefully, not to know that hopefully in a year, but hopefully in a year or sometime later, I'm going to have the opportunity to play again. So I want to be as ready as I can be for that moment when it comes. Exactly. It's like that old saying, you know, short-term pain for long-term gain, right? Like mm -hmm. you got to suffer through this, this hard time, but it, it's going to pay off in the end, you know? So yeah. just, you just got to stay there. Yeah. Everett, what would be one solid piece of advice that you can give to students and parents across all age groups, whether it's, you know, uh, young elementary school students all the way up to university students so that they can help navigate through this new normal? I mean, like I said, again, there's no perfect answer. I think people really taking the information that they have uh, and combine those with the resources that they have. Like I said, some people can't afford to stay at home with their kids and some people cannot. So putting all the information that you have, putting it together, making the best outcome for you, you know, not what your cousins are doing or not what your neighbors are doing. This is more so about what works best for my family to stay in flow so that they can have the best academic and social experience that, that you can afford. Um, and once we know different things to take that information and try to use that to the best of your ability. So you're, you're, it's like a working document or it's like a working decision-making um, machine in your head and just saying, okay, well, I'll input this. I'll take that out now because it's irrelevant, but also to, 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 to know that you don't have to be perfect, but as long as we're trying our best to make it through all this, like this is new for everybody. So if we can all just take the information that we have, make the best decisions that we can have. And then if anything needs readjusting, then do that, you know, oops, that this, 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 this was our plan. This week didn't go well. What happened? What can we do to make it better or at least different? Um, coming up the next week.
there you go. Awesome. Everett, that was, that was incredible. Thank you so much for coming in today, uh, sitting with me and chatting. Uh, you, the, the insight and the knowledge that you provided is huge, and I hope that it's going to really help a lot of students and parents who might feel overwhelmed this year really get through it. Uh, you're such an easy guy to talk to. I think that uh, if anybody is in need, you would be happy to help them out. You're, you're accepting clients in Ottawa, Kingston, uh, your own private practice in schools, whatever it is, right? So uh, if, if somebody needs something, please reach out to Everett. You can either contact me or we'll throw his contact information down at the bottom of the video. Thank you again for coming. I really appreciate it. To those out there who listen, thank you again. And uh, continue to wear your mask, social distance. We would uh, love to get back to a real normal where Everett and I can do this in person instead of, you know, through Zoom calls right now. So thank you again. Stay tuned next week for another fun-filled episode. Thanks, Adam. Thanks, Everett.